Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film that turned you on to them. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. And we are roused, charged, and called to adventure for today's guest. We are. We are. Michael, who are we going to talk to today? Oh, we're talking to the influencer, Tui's, the (laughs) baby. behind Instagram account Mise-en-Scene, formerly the t-shirt shop of a film thought's dreams, Tease-en-Scene, where uh, we both own matching Whoopi Goldberg t-shirts. We have matching Whoopi shirts. Also, I own an embarrassing number of shirts from Tease-en-Scene. It's most of my wardrobe at this point. I went a little insane during COVID and bought so many shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, Gen Z audience, please bring, start putting those dirty paws together for the iconique, unique, fashion girly, Margot Stacy, everyone. Uh, We love Margot. The children love Margot. Holy moly. And I love the children. Oh, so great. Oh my God. We're so excited to have you on. I'm really glad to be here, and I'm glad, Michael, that you're roused. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we only bring on guests that are that are rousing. So, and I and I like to let I, I like to let them all know. So, it is so before. true, of course. <laughs> and honestly, I I don't know many people who have as strong of an appreciation for film hotties 
as we do, but I think Margot might have us beat. Yeah, no, Marco definitely has his beat. Our Instagram <laughs> account is amazing. I, Marco, I think, <laughs> I think, like the aesthetic of your Instagram account is is has been such a huge inspiration to Shelly and I both. Oh, yeah, uh, and part of why uh, our show probably exists. Uh, yeah. So, uh, this is kind of a big deal. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. How long have you been running this Instagram account? How long have I been running it? So it started whenever I had this shirt. It was just socials for the the shirt store for Tizan Sen. And then when I shut that down, um, kind of operations, like doing that stuff from like my own home and like running that solo, I just transitioned it to a yeah just an aesthetic account or or archival sort of account yeah Yeah. and since then it's kind of taken off and it's fun and I made it a bit personal but also um kind of keeping in line with what it has always been so it's fun and and I like to be able to just do what I want to do on it so I love it and when like so when did the idea come for the t-shirts because they are t-shirts sweatshirts they're all amazing like I said I own so many of them it's like almost embarrassing <laughs> I, I remember getting your orders it always made me happy so um, many orders <laughs> yeah so the funny story the funny story it actually kind of connects with who we're, t- we're going to talk about today I'm um in a roundabout way but it came from uh steven soderbergh because i met him at a test screening of magic mike and plano what? oh my god yeah so um to keep it short he was at this test screening of not did i say magic mike sorry i meant um logan lucky ah uh, <laughs> oh my god because margaret's girly and yeah. logan lucky is soderbergh's southern <laughs> film is it yeah. a texas movie it where is it set? God, it's been forever since I've seen it. I, I'm like, is it like Alabama? It anyway. might be. Now we're going to have to look that up. But not Magic Mike, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. Lucky's great, too. It's it's better. North uh, Carolina. For me. Yeah, North oh, Carolina. Oh, there we go. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Southern um, Connection's really great. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, no, so he was there. He was there at the screening. And there was, there was like um, probably 300 people at this test screening. And he walked in. And I'm... I'm began nerding out and just fangirling and I turned to these guys that are next to me I don't know I'm like wait do y'all know who that is that's Steven that's Steven Soderbergh right and they're like I don't know who the fuck that is I was like this guy is directing the movie what are you here for so so we watched the film and I kind of just am keeping an eye on him and it's at this big cinemark and they have the um the bar MacGuffins or whatever or AMC and um I go down and I see him at the bar and he's by himself. No one's with him. No one's going to him. And I was like, well, here's a shot. And so I walk up to him and he's tired as hell. I mean, you could tell he's yeah, just just been working. (laughs) And so we chat a bit um, and he had been wearing, he was wearing the shirt that said a film by Mike Nichols. um, From, I think it was like the credit from like catch 22 or something. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, something. And so I was like, hold on. Um, and I'd been recently getting into Elaine May. So this was like 2015 mm. or 16. Right. Yeah, she was having a renaissance then. She was. She was. And so I had really been getting into her then. 
And on, you know, th- this was still when I was on Facebook. So I put, and this is, Facebook is where I really connected with film people. Mm. And so I just had the idea of like, you know, everybody knows and loves Mike Nichols and, you know, great for that. But <laughs> what if I did an Elaine May shirt that was right. in a similar vein? And so I had a lot of people really excited about that. So I started a Kickstarter. I got funded like pretty easily. And then I made the, the, the first shirt I did was the type the written and directed by Elaine May credit from Mikey and Nikki. Yeah. And so then I did a second run and then I just started following where that went and it turned into what it was. And it still, you know, is a sort of phantom shadow of itself. I still do t-shirts. But that's kind of how everything happened. That is so cool. Well, speaking of Elaine May, so Margot, who are we going to talk about on this episode about your stealth sex symbol? Um, if you know me, you know I love Jewish women, so I had to go. Oh, <laughs> we are all in agreement here. All full of Jews, and so um, we're going to go today. We're going to talk about the beautiful, silly um, Jeannie Berlin. I'm really excited about. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jeannie Berlin in The Heartbreak Kid, directed by Elaine May, her mom from 1972. Oh, we are so excited. So, Michael, we are all big fans of this movie, but some of the listeners might not know what The Heartbreak Kid is about. Would you like to tell them the plot? Absolutely. Absolutely. A newlywed man on his honeymoon has second thoughts about his marriage and falls for a different woman. Now, famously, Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Straightforward, yeah. Famously, we we pulled these synopses from IMDb. Um, that was a very straightforward, like you said, I, Michael. Very. I like that one. Simple, yeah. simple one. Um, there was another synopsis on oh. it. There, there were only uh, two synopses on IMDb. Oh wow, um, that's so we surprising. had that very straightforward one, and then we also had um, this alternate, which I found um, very interesting. So, would you like to give us the the alternate synopsis? Michael? <laughs> oh my god! Three days into his Miami honeymoon, New York Jewish Lenny meets tall blonde Kelly. This confirms him in his opinion that he has made a serious mistake, and he decides he wants Kelly instead. Her rich father is less than keen and lets everyone, including Lenny, know that he hates everything about him and the way he is going on. <laughs> like, I like no. that one. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of fun. Uh, weird. Uh, it's kind of fun. And every time like I, like, when I'm learning a foreign language and I have to like write like an essay in a class or something, I am, you know, I, I'm convinced that this is what it reads like. <laughs> I am in French class at the moment, and I'm sure that everything I write reads like this. <laughs> New York Gen- Jewish Lenny. New York Jewish <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> and he hates everything about him and the way he is going on. Oh, man. It's beautiful. It's poetry. There are so many different accents that I hear in my head, and <laughs> I I, I want to do the bit, but I should not do the bit. Um so I will not do the bit. No, I, I, I thought of the accents that I can do, but it feels inappropriate. So I just I just felt it would be it's 
you should know that I exercise restraint um, and that I'm a good person. <laughs> Michael exclusively does uh, Albanian accents. Yes. We know how hard a time the Albanians have had in this country. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, so. yes. Wow. It just actually, would not be sensitive. <laughs> there's a handful of, of European uh, accents that I probably could get away with. but Oh, yeah. You yeah, know as what? they say, you can always do Italian. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Universal accent. You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> New York and Jewish. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what what's an Esperanto accent? Can you do that? Oh no, I've been trying to figure that shit out for, for years, but <laughs> give me give me a couple more weeks and I'll figure it out. Oh, we're almost there. Well, so Marco, before we get into like our main discussion, we do, you know, we don't wanna raw dog this you know we don't we want to raw dog this yeah, at all <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into it we gotta we gotta get a little wet right we gotta get a little slick we gotta get gotta get ready right and right. so we'd like to do that with something we call the sexy trivia game oh. michael could you tell us about the sexy trivia game oh yeah baby it's time to get slick with the sexy trivia game. You want a little movie chatting? With some movie trivia. I will kick us off. Mm. Neil Simon wanted Diane Keaton for the Jeannie Berlin part. What the fuck? That's insane. That's <laughs> the wrong choice. Man. Come Jewish on, male writers in the 60s and 70s really hated Jewish what women, didn't what the they? Fucking love your women. Love your women. You love have your beautiful. Women. Hmm, oh. Come on. Come on. <laughs> now, Margo, would you like to read for us number B? Autobiography. It would be so nice if you weren't here. Charles Grodin recounts that Neil Simon repeatedly asked for actress, goddess, Jeannie Berlin to be replaced because he did not find her pretty enough. Not realizing that Clint was the daughter of director right now. Mm, oh just my. another reason to hate Neil Simon. People hate Jewish women. What yeah, the I hate fuck? Jewish women and also I hate Neil Simon because I've had to sit through so many high school productions of his plays. You know, I never got casted in Noises Off or any of the plays that I auditioned for in high school crazy, and college. Crazy. So disrespectful. <laughs> People should have seen our <laughs> suburban Georgia high school production of Brighton Beach Memoirs. Ooh. The goyishness was off the charts, baby. Mm. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Shirley, why don't you why don't you take us home with Letasy? The reason this film is so difficult to find on streaming is because it fell into the hands of pharmaceutical company Bristol Myers Squibb, who dissolved their entertainment division shortly after creating it, leaving this movie's distribution rights in limbo. It has since never been reacquired or restored as of early 2021. And that's the sexy trivia. Absolutely fucked. Um, fuck? What? what the hell <laughs> i really wanted to watch this movie the same way i watch all of our movies and like shelly had sent me a link to vimeo uh during the week 
And I was like, why is Shelly selling me this? I'll just find it on Amazon and, you know, pay three <laughs> bucks and, you know, make Shelly Bezos a little bit richer. <laughs> um, but couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, thought I found it on HBO Max, but it was just the Ben Stiller, uh, Malin Ackerman remake, which uh, I just know smells like doo-doo um, and is not the movie that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, clicked on Shelly's link, was able to find it, but. Absolutely fucked. More people should have access to this movie. So we should share well, the link. Speaking of how hard it is to see, and uh, we've done a few movies on this uh, podcast, including uh, Claire Denis' U.S. Go Home, that are uh, not mm -hmm. technically available to legally watch, but we encourage people to do a little Googling because you might be able to find it. But speaking of, so Marco, how did you first see this movie? Because it's like famously not that easy to see. I guess mm. easy now, but... um. The YouTube link. I don't even know how yeah. long that's been up, but yeah, there's there's a Vimeo link, but the YouTube link is is out there. And yeah, <laughs> you know, who is this? Who is it? Uh, I was going to say Myers Briggs, but that's just, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Myers Squibb um, has not enforce any um copyright issues so we get to be blessed yeah there are myers briggs dgaf baby we, we they want us to see it yeah exactly and the youtube archivists are you know they work hard so strong community strong community that is a big thing i mean like i remember in high school like i got really into like shoujo drawing movies when i was in high school and like they this was before criterion had like you know, re-released them. So, I mean, I saw most of them through, like, pretty shitty transfers on YouTube. So, I mean, was that, like, a big part of, like, your sort of, like, film education, these kind of, like, bootleg YouTube videos that you could find of, like, you know, classic films? Yes, and other means. Yes. <laughs> you know, pseudo-legal means. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was always too much of a pussy to... Not pussy. Pussies are strong. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was too much of a coward to do a lot of that but like yeah a big part of my film education was just like you know people randomly uploading stuff on YouTube mm -hmm. so I, I it does seem like in the art film world especially like there is um yeah that a lot of education like comes from these like you say like pseudo legal means yes um, no I, I yeah the, and you know like being in like film circles like on social media you get you know you have people with massive amounts of you know hard drives that are willing and ready to share hmm. um i've even found through the most innocuous of uh navigations i found bill gunn's stop on twitter holy moly really yeah and i have it in dropbox and i'd love to send it okay to uh oh, audience don't that? listen to this part um can you please send that to us <laughs> we're not doing illegal activity we just want you to yo we're doing illegal this. activities <laughs> try and fucking stop us okay <laughs> try and fucking stop us fuck around and find out okay Wait, say that in your jeffrey wright voice again <laughs> <laughs> we're doing illegal. <laughs> <Wait, wait, wait. laughs> we're doing illegal shit okay <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> fuck around and find out <laughs> beautiful oh my god so like when did your like film journey begin um, i mean you've got like a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of film i would say yeah i'm um 
so it's funny because it began pretty like uh, you know late I mean we'll say late in life I mean as Mm -hmm. you know most people grow up with like parents who like are you know showing them you know that I feel like a lot of people like have like this kind of like wealth of like childhood like cultural like exposure and I didn't have that I mean I grew up in like small town Mississippi we had like a a movie plex like four screen theater that you know showed Mm -hmm. nothing and you know I didn't really you know I kind of watched the typical like millennial like you know Adam's family like that you know um and it didn't really click until I don't know into my like early 20s so I really started getting into film and then I'm just obsessive Mm. if you can tell from my (laughs) Instagram account I just yeah I'm really obsessive so if I get on a thing um you know you go deep I go deep I go real deep yeah very deep oh god Mario I am like losing my mind because like we had such a similar background like small town south parents who were not into movies not into art and just had to like find it on our own like so I mean I I think that a big part of it was like I had a couple of people in my life that like were kind of more artsy and like I think when I was like around like 13 I decided like oh if I want to be like a cultured person, like I have to watch movies. And so I did like a lot of like Googling of like, what are the movies you're supposed to see? <laughs> so what was it that like turned you on that you were like, Oh, I'm like, I'm a movie person now. Um, It's funny. Cause I was in seminary and I was Whoa. in, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was in seminary and I was in a hermeneutics class and um, was learning about, and I've always been into, like film criticism or I'd started to get into it and um, love writing. So as when I moved to Dallas, especially about 11 years ago and kind of had things open up for me, you know, opportunities to see films that I would I'd never heard of mm-hmm. um, rep screenings and just, you know, kind of general art house fair. Like I was able to like take that and, and, and use the cultural center of what like Dallas offered versus, you know, Mississippi and um, mm. just, you know, branch out from there. And then I started writing and then got online and film Twitter, film Facebook, whatever the fuck and started, <laughs> yeah, making friends and writing. And just that took me, that took me into it. So. That's amazing. I mean, like yeah. when you were like in seminary, like, was there any interest like with the people that you were studying with, like in sort of like, I guess films that had some sort of like religious component to it. Like, I mean, I, I, I remember growing up in the South and people loving like, you know, fucking the, um, the, you know, the Mel Gibson, uh, Jesus movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Last Temptation. I was like, that's very different. Last Temptation. <laughs> that movie. Movie. That one. Mm. Um, yeah. I fucking love Last Temptation. I love that movie. We've talked about that <laughs> one one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we, uh, yeah. So, I was part of like Southern evangelical. So yeah, we had like mm. uh, full church sponsored screenings where we all go. Right, yeah. right. But no seminary was, in, I went to seminary in Dallas and I went, uh, my, my hermeneutics professor, he and I, we saw movies together. So we saw Francis Ha oh. together. Like we would talk. Oh. About that. So he was very into film. And so that helped. And um, he was, you know, being a hermeneutics teacher, being someone who's like interested in like translation and, uh, interpretation mm-hmm. like it just kind of dovetailed and was a perfect you know relationship there so 
That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. So do you remember when you like what it was that drew you to like the heartbreak kid when you first saw it? Cause I mean, I mean, this is like, I, you know, something that Michael and I were talking about on text before we got on is like talking about the remake. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have not seen the remake, but it seems insane to me that like Michelle Monaghan is playing the Lila role because mm-hmm. I mean, this Out is like control. such a Jewish movie and it's so much about like the, the state of like American Jews in like the sixties and seventies and that sort of like, you know, assimilation impulse and mm-hmm. him leaving his Jewish wife for this, you know, Shiksa goddess. And like, I, so what was it like coming from like that background that like you saw this movie and you're like, Oh, that I, I feel this movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one, I was really interested in Elaine May at the time. obviously. Yeah. So um, I just, like you said, at that point there had been sort of like a resurgence and like interest in her work. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people had been, you know, it wasn't like she had been completely cast aside. I mean, there were small pockets. I mean, notably like Richard Brody has always championed her work yeah. and um, Peter Bogdanovich story. talked about her all the time, you know, so it's, and, and you know, you can't really talk about comedy. You can't really talk about, you know, modern comedy without talking about her, you know, mm-hmm. most, most comedians, especially women will cite her as like a major influence and, right. um, and but there was still just like the unavailability like of her work and just not that you know now we live in a different time where you know Mikey and Nikki's on Criterion and stuff yeah, right. but it, nothing had really been like solidified as like this is one of the best like American filmmakers ever mm-hmm. um so anyway I just getting interested in her and just being again obsessive completist like <laughs> just of course I'm gonna watch all her films um around that time, right after I'd released, um, and I want, I, I like to believe that I'm partially responsible for, <laughs> you know, a cultural resurgence just because I'm vain, but. Well, I don't think you're wrong though. Cause I mean, I think that, you know, f- people were already like sort of like glomming onto her movies again. And like, I, I truly think that like having, you know, merch, <laughs> like yeah. it helped, you know? <laughs> you know, as vulgar as it is, I, I do, you know, and I get, you know, we love t-shirts and, you know, I, I've always, but there's a vulgarity to putting a, you know, to doing that thing. And I, you know, I realized that, but I've not really run into anybody who didn't love what I was doing. I've met Elaine May, um, at a, at a a backstage, not like, you know, personal, but yeah, we were lovers. (laughs) Give her to me. Um, no, (laughs) I saw the Kenneth Lonergan, the, the play um the waverly gallery and oh Morgan. yeah right yeah she was in it she's incredible devastating mm-hmm. and she walked out and so we were there you know back you know at the the side exit where she's leaving and uh we had me and some friends of the pod uh juan and monica oh yeah yeah so we were there and we were wearing the shirts i know i, I think we all were were we yeah and uh, she saw them and she was like I, was, I looked at her and she looked at me and made eye contact. I was like, I made the shirt for you. And she's like, I love it. You should tell your friends. Oh. And I was like, girl, they know. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Talk to no one else. Let me say that. That's Talk to so no cool. Wow. Another soul out there. Um, Holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, so that, you know, getting into work, there are a lot of other, you know, there were people that had been talking about her and writing about her and then mm-hmm. just me making sure and I just I really became obsessed with her and her sensibility and her story mm. of just 
in, in, in you know, I like, uh, you know, I love talking about her because there's, there's ways you can like glorify her, but you know, she was an incredibly difficult person to work with, not because well, of sure, her, yeah. you know, but I love the complicated like stories of like, we, cause we were, it was right in that time of like champ, you know, like we're still doing really? it, like championing these like women filmmakers and artists and mm-hmm. writers and directors. And really, you know, it felt culturally like people were just kind of, and I, I might, you know, have gotten into it too, but like playing where we're not really getting into like the thorniness of their legacies and like, right. and then because we wanted just to celebrate them. But right. the more you read about her, she's just, she's that type of genius. You know, she's difficult yeah. to work with. She's like demanding. And I, I love like, you know, we'll get into my type because <laughs> I love an authoritarian dominant Jewish woman. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. And I've, that's a tangent. I don't know where we're going with the No, but it, no but it's, it's so true. I mean, it has been an interesting thing to observe over the last few years of like, you know, there has been this impulse uh, and understandable impulse to um, celebrate these people who were marginalized over the years because of, you know, their gender or their race or, you know, their sexual identity. Um, but it seems to oftentimes come with like an expectation that they were, you know, perfect and always politically good and always mm-hmm. nice and like th- that's really flattening to these artists like they're they're often like not really allowed to be as complicated and messy and sometimes mean as they, as they were yeah and so like I mean you know I think that something that's been interesting to me is like seeing I have you know talked on this podcast about how one of my first big crushes was Woody Allen and I now I have a a very complicated relationship with his work um but you know I think some of the same people that you know would say that they hate Woody Allen they'd never watch a Woody Allen movie love Elaine May Mm -hmm. she's famously friends with Woody Allen has collaborated with him multiple times uh you know even in his like recent you know amazon show so yeah it's it's a it's a complicated thing to love an artist and i think that yeah it, it does a disservice to people like elaine may like when we want to reclaim them or give them their dues yeah. yeah give them their dues later on but then only do it on you know in in the context that like you know we have to like sanitize and right. um flatten them you know right it, it, it just it takes away from that full like what a like like just a full history and like story of another person because right you know you do it is it is very easy to want to gloss and over and elide those details which right make them more complicated and interesting i mean yeah Yeah. that's just the truth of it you know um they're not just and because i think what happens is culturally we get to a place where you know filmmakers and artists are just content mills you know and yeah. so we're all the only the interactions we get are just these very like re- reductive one-to-one like here's the thing they made it's just being produced hmm. you don't we really lack I mean and this is and I don't mean to be nostalgic or anything we just but we do lack like that like that lore that Hollywood lore like that hmm. film lore of like what some of the most fascinating like profiles that you'll you'll read from like 
you know, um, historically or just within this sort within the industry, just like, uh, you know, stories from like set stories and things like that and production mm. stories. And we don't get that sort of production history and lore any, as much God, as we no. used to. Yeah. Right. right. Um, because and it's not it, that people aren't like insane yeah, <laughs> in Hollywood, anymore, yeah. but like, you know, but there is like a definitely like some sanitization and like, I, yeah. it, it is also interesting. I mean, I find this like in myself that, um, I find that I can be fascinated by like, um, insanity and bad behavior, like in, oh, yeah. in the past, like so much more easily. And I, you know, I think it makes sense so much more easily in the past than like people who are currently being crazy. Like, you know, if, you know a Jared Leto who's like a full monster yeah. like you know I'm like fuck that guy like he shouldn't be like making movies like I, I hate him but like yeah. you know I hear like old stories and I'm like oh my god isn't it nuts that like you know John Ford killed a woman in his car because he yeah. Drove, yeah. you know yeah. yeah there's some distance that yeah that, right yeah like it like buffers it a bit <laughs> uh, it makes us a bit delusional but you know yeah so party. so what was it about like Jeannie Berlin's performance in this movie that like made you first respond to it, like find it so attractive? Um, that's such a good question. Cause I think that's really like what the, like the point of the film is, is, mm. you know, and, and Elaine May was, has kind of historically been like critically said that she hates, you know, like a lot of people said that she hates women that, <laughs> uh, She's a, she's a misogynist. Um, and especially with Heartbreak Kid, because it was her um, second film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, her second yeah, film. After after new after leaf, new yeah, after a new leaf, yeah. And, you know, if you go from a new leaf to the Heartbreak Kid, you know, you... you know, I'm not, I don't know, you know, like, I'm I not, mean, she kind of puts herself like in the same position as yes. her daughter in both of it's those just, movies, which is kind of, it's incredible. Um, psychologically interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. No, it is. Um, and, but I, you know, I don't think it, you know, again, getting down to it doesn't really boil down to like, does she hate women or not? It's, it's more because, you know, when you take those two stories, especially the heartbreak kid, which is, is very much like you were saying earlier a jewish story it's it's it is a mm. sort of a myth or like parable in its own sense mm-hmm. um about like about um sorry i'm losing it um <laughs> let me let me back up let me do a yeah. michael Hold on, give me a second yeah. <laughs> um no okay so the heartbreak kid and Jeannie Verdelin and the heartbreak kid like what really attracted me to her and in that performance is that like one she's adorable and the whole like that movie is like charles groden is a piece of shit he's such a piece of shit (laughs) from god i mean and he's so good at playing just that shit eating like like self-obsessed um ancient like yeah yeah, mm-hmm. he's so good at it, and he like his his hatred of women is so clear in the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. The character, and um, I think you know, and but I going back and just watching it, I haven't watched as many times as I have. It's like Lila is not like a character to disdain. I mean, he disdains, mm-hmm. her, but I don't think right. the film does. I think she's no, the film loves her. <laughs> the film loves her. And she's the film adorable. is having so much fun with her. Um, and, and I think I didn't know that before I saw the movie because I think that like the reputation is that like oh my god Elaine May cast her daughter and made her look like this like fucking hag and exactly. like you know you see the stills of her like with the sunscreen on and the right. lotion on after she gets burned and stuff and you're like 
Oh my god, yeah, this movie hates women. But you watch it, you're like, egg salad all over her face with the diner, the egg salad. (laughs) But you watch it, you're like, okay, this is his perception of how she's like too much and too gross or whatever. But like, she's actually like adorable and nice and like lovely. Yeah, Yeah. like they're having a great time. I mean, if that was me, we're driving to to Miami. Like we're we're singing in the car. You know, we're eating singing in the car. Yeah, diners. You know, we're having a a beautiful time she's gorgeous that big full head of curly that hair necklace that gold necklace oh, michael oh my keeps God. going back to the necklace which i can't I... stop <laughs> yeah i was watching a bit of it this weekend yeah she's, she's yeah all the costuming for her is just incredible i mean she's oh beautiful. it's fantastic yeah and i think that like I, that, I think it is interesting that like elaine may directing this because i think the neil simon script is pretty um pretty hateful towards the Lila character, which I think is why I find the that bit of trivia about wanting to cast Diane Keaton is interesting because I think that maybe the script would read differently if she was like, you know, a pretty, you know, traditionally pretty kind of waspy right. girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't go from wasp but, to wasp. I mean, that doesn't... Yeah, really... which makes no sense. Yeah, yeah but I, I do think that, like, I think the way that, like, Elaine May frames it, like... And especially the stuff in the car it's like she's got like the sunset behind them she's got like you know the sun coming through her curls and like she looks so Gorgeous. beautiful like oh, i think God. that like elaine may does like a really good job of like walking the line of letting us know how the charles groden character feels about her which is that he's disgusted by her but mm-hmm. us as an audience being like this is like a beautiful nice lady yeah. <laughs> like it's your problem dude <laughs> I, I, I want Lila. Like, I want to okay, know exactly. Ugh. I want to see a version of this same movie where uh, he's just happy with his wife. Uh, <laughs> I like this whole this whole movie is like. She plays everyone that I've ever dated, like every <laughs> woman I've ever dated. And Lucky. it's yeah, seriously. I, watching the movie, I was just like, wow, I've really had a good life. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's been a good run (laughs) it's been a really good run i could i could die today um i no complaints um oh Uh, no yeah that's i've always you know because i think when you asked me the question you know when we started talking about doing this originally and you know who are who are are the people you want to focus on i mean Mm um it, it does it you know because elaine may and because I think the other one I mentioned was Barbara Streisand, and like I was gonna say, it was oh, interesting. God. You picked all Jewish actors. You picked uh, Barbara, Barbara, Elaine oh. May, or uh, Jeannie Berlin, and uh, Harvey Keitel. We got the same types. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have the same types. When you have that type, it's strong. It, it's, it's, <laughs> you, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want it to seem like I fetishize, you know, Jewish women. But God, you know, please bring me a beautiful. I like brown hair. You know, I, like I mean. I like, I mean. Uh, that's, I like a fun. I like a funny person. Uh, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I like a laugh. We love, we love a laugh. We love a laugh. And again, yeah, I mean, you get to these people who are like, you know, Elaine May and and Barbara are like it, sort of in the same realm of like strong Jewish woman knows what they mm-hmm. want, you know, can can get what they want, you know, very yeah. easily. And um, you know, Elaine May would have been. I, I I did have her in mind, but I was like, you know, Jeannie Berlin just because that conversation does like filter down because she cast mm. her heart and, and we get this actual movie about 
you know, about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I hate, you know, watching that, especially that first half of the movie where Jeannie is just constantly just like set aside, like by the film, Mm -hmm. by her husband, by like his just grotesque desires. And like, Mm. I mean, you know, I don't want to be like, he he's like literally gaslighting her on her honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, and it's it's so funny. It's like th- this tragic. movie, like because like it's directed by a woman, especially. Like I mean, you know, I I think the script makes it clear that like he's a fuck up and he's you know you know an asshole. Yeah. But I do think that like it is interesting seeing like a woman director's perspective on it because you know this is the same sort of narrative that you would see like a million times in the sixties and Mm seventies from like, you know, Jewish male writer directors who, you know, treat it as like, treat it sort of like unironically and like without sort of like criticism that like, of course he would dump the woman who like reminds him of his mom to like, you know, get with this like waspy girl. Like, yeah, it's really nice to see the sort of like, distance that like elaine may has on it where she can be Mm -hmm. like well you know that that's me that's my daughter like that the the you know the girl that reminds you of your mom that you're gonna dump because she's like too jewish like that's that's us so like i can see through the veneer of your like weird like sort of like assimilation fantasy exactly it's full of like existential like fear and like yeah and how it addresses like I i mean how it addresses like a, just a, in Charles Grodin, just like an, a self-hating Jew, but also like general anti-Semitism and things like this, mm-hmm. you know, where he, you know, and like Sybil Shepherd is another person where you, you could do a whole episode on, obviously. Oh, she's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous, but she's, she's, a, she's nothing in the movie. She's there's yeah. like what to she's me, when you could, an object. <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. she is an object. I mean, um, and you know, you take the if you take the um, what you were saying earlier about the sun, like there's so much about like this film, you know. And I'm just it's hitting me now that when you said it, um, that this film is just so exp- it's such a movie of exposure where like the sun is literally such a huge presence in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk about the way it's like lights, you know, Jeannie Berlin, you know, Lila throughout the film versus how like when um. Civil Shepherds introduced as like this sort of like eclipse, you know, this literal eclipse, um, uh, you know, bearing down on Charles Grodin. Um, And then like when he actually does go to visit her, it's like in like, you know, the North, is it in Michigan or Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. And it's like just barren and cold and snowy. And Mm -hmm. he went from Paris, he did go from paradise to just like to, to the like barren lands. And, um, Another thing I really love about this movie is it is, and I don't know, if she, I don't know if she like had the awareness that she was doing it, but Elaine May mm-hmm. made a better film than The Graduate. You know, like this, there, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. such a better movie. Yes. Um, oh, well, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, and so like, yeah, because I thought about that so much with the line where he's like balls and bats like it was like the like direct corollary of the plastics yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah it's got so many of the same kind of beats yeah Mm -hmm. oh it does it does yeah that's so funny yeah and even from that to like the the final the final shots of both of those movies the final like sequences um uh i don't know there's just there's so much more power and 
Charles Grodin just realizing at the end mm-hmm. of Hard Road Kid, I'm a piece of shit. And I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. my desire yeah. is just going to lead me straight to hell. Like, and then it, it then it like, it, it like um, dissolves, like just blue, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, it's just, to me, it's just like, it just, I love Mike Nichols. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Love Mike Nichols. He's brilliant. But the better art artist was always Lane May. I mean, and, come on. And she ooh. had her own eyebrows, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this, Michael, that uh, Mike Nichols wore uh, a wig and fake eyebrows? <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know was that. It, yeah, I, I don't remember, like, what the, the health issue was that, like, he, he had no hair. But, yeah, he was, like, alopecia? very. It, it might have been alopecia. Oh, it could have yeah. been that. That makes sense. But he was, like, very particular about uh, he had, like, a, a little wig that he wore, and he would put on, like, fake eyebrows every day. Oh, holy moly. <laughs> I, that has no bearing on you know a person's quality or the films that they make i mean that the trivia the <laughs> idea of 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 not having eyebrows though does give me a lot of anxiety as a person who relies on these babies i mean i i <laughs> they're doing a lot of the work <laughs> i gotta get them insured like i don't think anyone would know how i felt if i didn't have eyebrows um because that, that's where all my emotions live yeah um, absolutely oh i really love the pairing of uh, the graduate with mm-hmm. the heartbreak kid. Yeah. And I'm very curious to know uh, what you both would pair uh, for uh, a, a viewer who's watching heartbreak mm-hmm. kid for the first time. What would be like a good double feature? Yeah. I know this, this is hard. I mean, like it's really, it's I, really tough. I, I kind of said before we started recording that like, it's it's a bit difficult because like it is such a great fit with like almost any American film from like a you know Jewish male writer director from the 60s and 70s yeah. because like it is such like an interesting like antidote to like that very common narrative of yeah of like the you know the shiksa lover as like the key to assimilation yeah. um but yeah I mean I feel like fucking any Woody Allen movie you could absolutely yeah that's a good one (laughs) you know if I'm if I'm like just playing with it obviously uh, you know a dream double feature has always been for me heartbreak kid and the graduate just just so people can see them side by side and just like there's so Mm -hmm. much conversation I don't even know if it's been written about much um you know but I would love that you know the other two that come to mind just immediately um since we had brought up Barbara and she's always on my mind um <laughs> is her her film uh the mirror has two faces yes. Ooh, i gotta see that one it's really so good. good it is so really good, good. Oh. um and because it, it sort of comes from similar sensibilities um mm-hmm. and, and it's nolte who it plays opposite yeah, nolte's in prince of ties it's jeff prince of ties, that's right yeah jeff yes, yes. Yeah. that's right um and it's sort of like a you know it's sort of it's you know Barbara's like screwball film, um, mm-hmm. and he's like a you know dullard of a professor, and she's yeah, like he's a Columbia professor, yeah. yeah and <laughs> she's like this gorgeous like um, this like the 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 tables are turned where she is like t- to be desired, and he's just mm-hmm. can't he can't even talk to her basically, and is just a nervous wreck the whole movie, but it's really good. And she's, you know, Barbara's such a good 
horny director. I mean, oh my every, God. Yes. <laughs> every movie she makes is just like, it's just, we're missing more. Like we need more of her. And I, you yes, know. we need horny directors. And also, yeah, I mean, like, we really do need that, like, she, in so many of her movies, kind of like inverted the idea that was like so prevalent in a lot of American movies of like, like I was saying, you know, the, you know, Jewish male star who mm-hmm. wants the, you know, waspy woman that like she completely inverted that in like so many of her movies. Like, yeah. I mean, she was acting opposite people like, you know, Robert Redford you know nick gold nick nolte jeff bridges and like and the the desirable thing was like a proudly like jewish woman i mean that that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah, yeah. And it's a good inversion of what the heartbreak kid does and yeah um so that's a good one hmm. and she's just so hot in that movie i mean and it has yes. lauren bacall so in it. Oh, yeah. yes oh bacall is so bacall. sexy that's, in it oh, oh my she's God. so great yeah if sexy i see mommy <laughs> yeah let's not i'm getting all We'll end up in another episode. And then the other one I would say that might be fun is um maybe like Heartbreak Kid and Licorice Pizza or something. That Ooh, would, that's a good that would, one. Yeah. That's a good one. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So those um, are- I would say getting away from um, you know, specifically sort of like Jewish movies is I think that um Jungle Fever is like Jungle Fever. I was scary. thinking about that. Oh my yeah. God, Shelly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a perfect one. God spoke to right? both of us. I ignored and you listened. <laughs> and you spoke the good word. Amazing. <laughs> Look at God. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Oh. That's perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> such a good one. Um, because like the, the conversation with the women in that like where they talk mm-hmm. about like you know black men dating white women like i mean that like makes sort of like the subtext of the heartbreak kid like text you know yeah, what spike Lee is so good at <laughs> every time i watch a movie for this podcast i because i am uh, i feel like i'm turning slowly into a capitalist um <laughs> A Hollywood producer capitalist. I'm like, how can we remake this now? And uh, I saw like 19 different versions in my head. One of them was one that explored the relationship between uh, a, a black, uh, like someone like uh, a Donald Glover and uh, I don't know, like meeting a, an Aubrey Plaza type, which they definitely worked together before. But yeah. Um, but then that is good because you know lena donham put donald glover in girls and that's a really good yeah (laughs) yeah as the republican as the republican yeah Yeah. um we could go i'm a huge girls and lena donald fam anyway sorry um uh, and then i'd like to see but yes going back jungle fever absolutely great pairing with this one yeah, um, and also when we texted earlier, I told Michael I think that if it was Donald Glover, Allison Williams has to be uh, <laughs> the Sybil Shepherd. Could right? be. Uh, there's. Oh, uh, okay. I have a lot of He's thoughts. Become like the white girl du jour to play <laughs> the evil white woman. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've thought about so many. Uh, all right, I'm gonna start talking about race in a bit. So I'm gonna pu- <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop myself before I start uh, because oh. I'll, I'll just this will be a two hour episode. It's almost February. <laughs> Um, but, uh, that's why I didn't suggest Jungle Fever, but I'm glad you did, Shelly, um, because that is is a perfect pairing. Um, the pairing that I thought of 
for this mm-hmm. one is, uh, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times, uh, just because it's the main movie that I associate with Elaine May is Mikey and Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. this is my first viewing of The Heartbreak Kid. I absolutely love how she uh, just understands the, uh, you know, the persnickety uh, intricacies <laughs> of a relationship that moved way too fast and mm. is dissolving uh, as quickly as it as it uh, you know was sewn to get threaded together mm. um Mikey and Nikki um uh, she really gets uh the way uh boys fuck with each other and uh I love that movie it it very it feels so fucking real in a way that I don't think uh, a lot of movies kind of um, I, I I watch a lot of I'm the third of uh, three boys, and so uh, I I don't think a lot of movies understand like <laughs> brotherhood very well. But Mikey and Nikki fucking gets it um, yeah. and embraces the glaring vulnerabilities. Um, <laughs> um, but it's in a it's in a you know gangsters world. Um, so that's probably the movie that I would I would pair with this one. Uh, so we I can go it. deep on. Elaine May, who is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's a good pairing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and you could just do that with all of her movies because she's yeah. she's so good at at desire, at like mm. you know analyzing like those just nasty parts of desire and like where it takes people, and you know. That's what a new leaf is about, you know. Yeah. Ishtar is, you know, sort of a whole different version of Mikey and Nikki. <laughs> God, right, I see right. Ishtar. I got. We got. We talked about it a lot, Shelley. We gotta. We gotta we, do we an Ishtar. We talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah, because because I mean, to Michael's point about uh, Elaine May being great at like duos. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that oh. comes in part from being part of like a comedy duo for a mm-hmm. long time. But man, so fucking funny too. We talk on this podcast a lot about loving uh, smalls and talls. And I think that Ishtar does it better than almost any movie. Like, oh, the little darling scene where like Warren Beatty is standing so straight and like Dustin Hoffman is like kind of hunched down <laughs> and they look like they are like five feet of difference in height. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. So good. She's so good. It, yeah. Yeah. You have an Ishtar episode. I mean, it's a brilliant movie. I saw. Love to have you back. <laughs> huh? We'll have to have you back. And oh, yeah, Star. look. I mean, I have an Ishtar poster in the corner sitting Oh, there. my we'll God. Have you back. <laughs> I'm going to send the email right now. Yes, <laughs> it's one of the best comedies. I went to, whenever um, I had kind of re- like done a not- second run of the Elaine May shirt, I, mm-hmm. the new Beverly, I contacted them, and they I asked if I could sell the shirts at at a screening of a oh new leaf in Ishtar. Um, oh so I got to do that, which at that point they historically had never really done that uh, as a collaboration <gasps> and, um, saw the, saw those movies and those two together. I mean, yeah, they're so funny. They're so fucking funny. And Ishtar is in, with the crowd. Ishtar hits so good. It's oh, okay. God. I'm like literally oh looking up God. where is Ishtar playing this year? <laughs> um, I will fly there. I'll hop on a flight. 
big time Hollywood capitalist here hopping on yeah. a flight to see Ishtar anywhere in the country. Um, the world. Capitalists getting on a plane to go see Ishtar. That's what they do, right? Yeah. Elon is doing that all the time. I can't wait to be a big shot capitalist. I'm going to see so many movies all over I'm the world. I'm going to watch so many Elaine May films. I'm going to fly to every Ishtar screening in the, in the world. <laughs> Like if that's oh, like okay, I'm going with you. Like I'm, I'm. Oh, you're going on. You've got a seat. You're, <laughs> you're on the private jet. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. The Elaine May Express. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, Michael, I think you might have a little game. I do, do have a little game. Ooh. Um, I call this game Michael's trivia. <laughs> <laughs> You got so creative with the I name. I really creative. Um, Retarded. And I, I call it Michael's Trivia because these are all things that I got super hyper-focused on as I was watching the movie. Um, so that won't really tell you very much about uh, what kind of stuff uh, we'll be doing trivia about. So we're just going to have to experience it. Um, Perfect. So uh, I've got a couple questions. And uh, they all have answers. And so I'll ask the question. And if you know the answer, just go uh, beep, beep, or honk, conk, or whatever sound you feel like making. Uh, make a righteous noise. Um, yeah, PP. PP is actually, let's do PP. Let's do only PP in honor of our girl, uh, Jeannie Berlin. Um, yes, you have to say PP. If you say poo poo, I did not hear anything. Um, so uh, those well, are the we're rules. Have so many people in our DMs after this one, God. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. We're trying to generate engagement, and all, uh, all, uh, all press is good press. Yeah, um, listen, folks. We do attention. feet. We do piss play. What do you want? Tell me what you want. I will put it. Click in the bio. Uh, we got a link to an OnlyFans page with lots of things. Yes, we um, are broke. We yeah. will do anything. We're trying to do money. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right. Without further ado, um, I'm going to kick us off with our first question. Mm. Now, Doris Roberts plays Mrs. Cantro, Charles Gordon's mom in The Heartbreak Kid. She also plays the titular comedian's overbearing mother in this <laughs> Long Island based. 2000s sitcom. I have to read the whole question so everyone sorry, can I'm play. Sorry, at home. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. PP, I heard a PP. I heard, yeah, you heard a PP. It's, it's a PP from Shelly. Loves Raymond. Come on. Everybody, everybody loves, loves Raymond. Raymond. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, 10 points for Shelly. Wow. All right. Tough competition. Tough competition. Yes. Yeah. I, will, I will wait to PP after you finish the questions okay. going forward. Okay. I apologize. Um, the bathroom breaks. Yeah. <laughs> The, I'll hold my pee pee. <laughs> hold your pee pee. Um, okay, question number two. The composer of this movie, Gary Sherman, also comp composed the soundtrack for this 1969 drama film. Hint I'm walking here. Pee pee. Midnight Cowboy? Pee pee from Shelly. Uh, that is Midnight Cowboy. Oh, uh, I'm terrible. Ten <laughs> points for Shelly. No, you're beautiful, darling. Your Come on. <laughs> All right, we have a couple more questions. All right, let's go. Come on. What is the correct title of the song that plays on piano during the newlywed Cantro's wedding? 
and who has it been performed by? I would like three answers. Oh, Christ. Can you do <laughs> yeah. partial? Can I do a, a, a half PP? Uh, you gotta give me a whole PP for the. T- you gotta give me the title of the song before you give me the three answers. Damn it. You need a full bladder PP. Yeah. And if neither of you has Steady it, stream. <laughs> don't. Then I'll give um, you a hint. Okay. Hint. Uh, they're the lyrics of the song. <laughs> um. Do you yeah, want me to sing it? it? It's one that goes da dun yeah they long to be close to you yeah oh close to you no what is the what is the no the the all right i'm just gonna give this one and then you can give me three answers because i just want to know how deep uh people are into this song that's really it that's really it can i um say that i don't know the title but i know it's burt backrack and I'm going to say Dionne Warwick sang it. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you three points. Um, and we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to give the answer. And I think the listeners would benefit from knowing about this song. So the correct title of this song. So if you ever want to sing it at karaoke sometime in case we do like a everyone is hot themed karaoke night. Because I love karaoke. We should do it. We, we should do it. We love karaoke. The, the title of the song is They Long To Be in parentheses. Close to you. It was originally performed by The Carpenters. uh, And then there's some really great covers by Isaac Hayes, Bobby Womack, Stevie Wonder, Dionne Warwick, yes. And uh, Frank Ocean has a really lovely version of it on Blonde. It is so good. I don't remember that on Blonde. So gotta re-listen it's good um so his version is kind of like a version a riff on stevie wonder's version which is very like a deconstructed like it's fun um yum part two of this question which i will not ask now (laughs) uh is completely fucked me up (laughs) is uh who wrote the song and it is by hal david and burt Bacharach. mr burt Bacharach. so part three of this song now we're doing Burt Bacharach and Hal David trivia because I fucking love this shit. Uh, oh, damn. Name three other easy listening hits that they wrote together. They're very popular songs. And if you know the general sound of They Long, they long to Be Close to You, then you could probably figure out any of these other easy listening songs. I and think they're, they're Marco and I should watched. do teamwork on this. <laughs> yes. Alfie, I'm going to say. All right. I'm- wait. Alfie, Alfie, that's yeah. one. Yeah, this is a teamwork one. You're yeah. just you're look. Both- I'm so bad at movie quotes and song titles. You're, I'm lost. I'm Margo, terrible. No, I'm terrible. This is like so not my wheelhouse. Like I'm bad, okay, Margo. It's okay, bad. Margo. It's okay. No, you're doing great, Margo. This is no longer a game. This is a conversation, and we're we're having fun with music. I'm gonna put together a playlist, and I'm gonna send it to you both because I think you would really like it. Um, okay. <laughs> well, for for Bert, I'm gonna say okay. We got Alfie. We got Alfie. What, what the world needs now? Yes. Oh, see. And um, uh, knowing when to leave. Knowing promises, when... promises. I don't um, have those on my list of sixteen um, songs. What, um, what is the um the one that Dionne Warwick sings? That's about um, oh, it's going from one state to another state. Walking down the street. Do you walk know the way? Walk on by. Walk on by. Oh, okay. 
Okay, so I'm going to go through a list because I listen to these songs on loop. Um, I sound like a Luddite. I love these songs, but mm, these are great listen, songs. Listen, I am a nerd for Burt Backrack, so this is uh, less about you not knowing things and me doing too much. <laughs> uh, so we got this guy's you, in love with you. You successfully embarrassed the shiksa, so we're good now. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> We, we get it. We get it. The <laughs> um, there need to be so, some retribution. I understand. Uh, I think. Look. I think I'm going to give this. Do I have any? I have one more question. I do have one oh, more question. Oh, yes. And whoever oh. gets this one, gets gets the whole game because this question is worth one thousand points. Um, wow. And I'm going to put together for anybody who's like really into the music list. Uh, I'm going to put together a little playlist because these are really great songs. I mean, it, we got please. fucking hits on this. Uh, we got This Guy's In Love With You. We got Raindrops Keep Falling On My Head. I mean, they're, they're fucking, there's some yes. good songs. Arthur's Theme, The Best That You Can oh. Do. Um, good ones. In New York City. But um, we'll move on to the final question. And the question is, who is the reviewer who wrote this positive review of The Heartbreak Kid? Okay, okay. The director, Elaine May, finds her comic tone and scores a first. Besides, no other American woman has ever directed her daughter in a leading role on the screen. Jeannie Berlin is her mother's surrogate here, and she plays the Elaine May adult nymph even better than her mother does. As Lila, she is a middle-class Jewish peasant, her ripe lusciousness, a cartoon of sexuality. Mm, you can see. read her... Pardon? Keep going. You can read her life story in her gypsy red dress dresses. Lila is the voluptuously giddy bride whose groom, Charles Grodin, falls in love with a cool American dream girl, Sybil Shepherd, three days after the wedding. Elaine May is a satirist whose malice isn't cutting. Something in the woozy atmosphere she creates keeps it mild, yet in a, in a thoroughly demented way. Mild as if impervious to sanity. All apologies, she has a knack for diffusing the pain without killing the joke. Who wrote this rare positive review? All right, PP. Yes, Margo. Am I? Oh, okay, okay, wait. Let's let me ask this question first. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> a rare this, positive review. Is this from seventy two, or is this? Uh, this is from seventy two. Oh, okay, okay. I, think I know. I think I know. I think. Is I it know. Vincent Candy? No. He, no. PP. Mm. Yes. Pauline Kale. Ah. Ah. Yes, Shelly. It is Pauline Kale. It is indeed computer. Pauline Kale. <laughs> uh, and that is our game. A, a true, a true upset. Um, upset. It's swept. Uh, don't take me to movie. I, I do no think more I... trivia. <laughs> We did also, I, in a previous quiz, we have had um, the bonus uh, points option of who is the hottest person on the call. And I do think that we know who that is. Oh, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And that's worth, I think, a million points. Is that's that worth right? a million points. Yeah. 
Yeah. So who who would the winner be in that point? Wait. So I I don't understand the mechanics of this question. So the winner is whoever guesses, or the winner is whoever is the hottest. No, I think the winner is just that we have a really hot guest. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. For being hot as hell. Cool. cool. <laughs> oh yes, you like do. Morin, thanks. And they also technically you do win. technically get an automatic two thousand points for being Ooh. the hottest person on the <laughs> podcast. This is absolutely true, Margot. Should have led with that. You won. Spider-Man. You win the game. Uh, I. Oh my god! Wait! Oh. Sorry. You, you, win, the, you win the game. I. Like I gotta start leading with that. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm coming back. You're ready coming to back. Bro, next trivia. I mean, listen. We are going to like get into it on Ishtar. We're watching Ish- Ishtar together. Um, there's so many hotties. So I mean, Warren Beatty, Dustin Hoffman, Isabel, and uh, Johnny. Um. <sighs> Charles Grodin's in it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Is Carol Kane one of the girlfriends? I think so. I think she might be. I think she Love might be Dustin Carol Hoffman's Kane. girlfriend. Yes. Uh, which, like, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm looking now. Cast list. Mm. That movie's so great. And, uh, that movie's so good. You see, doesn't Isabel Johnny go topless at some point? Yeah, Carol King. I think she does. And also, as a big fan of Short Kings, uh, I do really appreciate the line where uh, Warren Beatty is like, you ever heard of a big sports car? The ladies love you because you're small. All right, I got to fucking see this movie. It's perfect. It's It's perfect. perfect. Oh, my God. This was so much fun. Oh, my God, Margo. This this fucking ruled. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm rusty. It's been a while since I've done a... a Oh, well, listen, we could not tell because this was a fucking delight. This was a delight. yeah. yeah. So the listeners, where can they where can they follow you? Do you have anything exciting coming up that people should look out for? Um, so you can follow my Instagram, which is Misan Sen, which is at M I S C E N S C E N E, right? Did I spell that right? I think oh, so. Mm. I'm pretty sure you did. And we'll include a link. Yeah, look at who we're following on yeah. uh, Everyone is Hot and you'll see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, there you go. And then um I just released like a small shirt collection. Um, glorifying another problematic hottie, Lydia Tara. Yeah! Oh my oh god. god. Okay. <laughs> I found my next t-shirt. Thank you. They're really oh good. God. Oh, and there's a, there's three of them, and then there's another one um, from uh, the, the quote from... Uh, gays are trying to kill me. These <laughs> gays are trying to murder me. <laughs> and another hottie. So good. So, yeah, just oh that, God. and that's that. Yeah, I don't. Not, that's it. Amazing! Oh my God! Yeah, everyone, please follow Margot. Follow Mison Sen. Such a good account. You will love all of the posts. Also, you know, hop into the stories because sometimes you will get like a special T-shirt or a sweatshirt release, True. and you don't want to miss those. I'm saying that as a person who mm. owns like maybe like 50 shirts and sweatshirts oh produced by Marco. So <laughs> don't miss out. Well, um, I got to yeah, step my Michael, game up. Oh, I, I, I only have the Whoopi shirt. Now Now that I'm a Hollywood capitalist, I can get as many t-shirts as I want. You got so. to. Yeah. <laughs> you got to. Oh my God. I went home for the holidays recently and I was like going. So, you know, for a couple or a year and a half, maybe I lived uh, at my parents' place when I was in grad school. 
and I went through the drawers and I found so many T's on send shirts. <laughs> I literally had, yeah, I had drawers full of my own and I was like, I can't look at them anymore. So I, didn't <laughs> them. I was I like, was like that's all I wear right now. <laughs> oh, oh, goes no, it's great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> So, Michael, where can people find us? Ah, so you can follow us on all social media at Everyone Is Hot Pod. That's every number one is Hot Pod. Instagram, Twitter, maybe be real one day. Who knows? Okay. Uh, you know, just look for us everywhere. OnlyFans, as mentioned before. And uh, <laughs> look, if you're listening to us on Apple Music or wherever you can rate us, please, for the love of God, rate us. <laughs> five stars okay and nothing less nothing less okay because you know how hard it is to produce a show that comes out on a weekly basis we do this for you okay are you kidding me it is so hard to have fun conversations with people about movies it oh no, no it's not that it's just the social media aspect that's yeah, it true. producing true. the show is a delight actually uh because everyone we speak to is fucking hot, hot as hell uh, <laughs> do you know what a fucking privilege it is? Um, uh, but in any case, rate us five stars so we can get more exposure and really uh, start generating those clicks, baby. Um, get the clicks. <laughs> and uh, and what the... else should the uh, listeners do? Oh, Michael? well, first you gotta moisturize every day. Then you gotta mm. drink water. Mm. Then mm-hmm. you gotta stay horny. horny! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.